Greetings, my fellow Gentiles. Amen. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, right. the minister of the circumcision, who is also our Lord and Savior. Amen. According to the mystery of the gospel kept secret since the foundation of the world, but revealed to the Apostle Paul and he to us. And thanks be to God for that. Amen. I'm sorry that all of you by live stream are not here with us. And we will trust that in the days to come, and the days to come in the near future, we can all be together again. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. The theme for today, as you know from the preparatory email, is going to be the divine covenants, or the covenants God has made with men. And there are a number of them, and we will learn of a couple of them hopefully today. In Ephesians 2, you know the first 10 verses, or you should. It's the regenerating power of God in saving us from death and trespasses and sins. And we were so saved to live a life of good works according to that 10th verse. We were created again a second time so that we would bring forth the good works that he has ordained for us. Right. Then, from verse 11 through verse 13 of the next chapter, it's all about Gentiles being included with the Jews and that difference between them being broken down by Jesus Christ dying on the cross. Right. I want to read to you the first three verses of this long section about the Jews and the Gentiles, which is Ephesians 2, verses 11 through 13. And this is something we should remember this morning, which is why I addressed you as Gentiles. Because you are, and I am. And by grace we are here. Right. Wherefore, remember, that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen. And amen. Remember, when the Bible tells us to remember something, we should remember it. So in that 11th verse, remember our past standing and our past position, our past race, our past nationality as Gentiles. And it says also in that 11th verse that uh, we were Gentiles called uncircumcision by those that were the circumcision. So the Jews had a name for us, and it was a lowly, despicable name given their minor surgery that they performed on all their boys. So they called us the uncircumcision. So there's discrimination. We are to remember our past standing as Gentiles. We should remember the discrimination that once existed by the people of God against us. And rightly so. Yes. Verse 12, that at that time, as Gentiles, back in the day, back for a couple thousand years, as Gentiles, we were ignorant of Christ. So that it says that at that time, 
when we were Gentiles, without knowing of Christ, without hearing the gospel, we were without Christ. We had no knowledge of him, no hope in him. We were ignorant, as ignorant as they come. Ye were without Christ. Yet I want to tell you, we had been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. So there's a practical sense of things, and there's an eternal sense of things, and the differences and the other phases along with those two have been taught to you before, and you need to remember them when you're reading the Bible like this section. So it says that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. So those great covenants that were given to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and to Moses, that spoke of things beyond Mount Sinai, that spoke of Christ and our redemption, that Job knew about great promises. We were outside them. We were strangers. We had no idea of such wonderful things that were coming by the Son of God. Also in verse 12, as Gentiles, we were outside God's church because we were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. And in that day, the state and the church were the same thing. There was no division between state and church in a real sense. The state of Israel was the church of Israel, was the church of God. But we were aliens from that commonwealth of Israel. We were ignorant of the covenants of God. We had no hope beyond this life. We had no knowledge of God, yet worshiping many gods. But the one true and living God, we did not know. So verse 12 is a very hopeless description of our state in the past of previous generations of Gentiles and very negative in five very specific ways. But we have a but opening up verse 13 that tells us, but now in Christ, and we have always been in Christ, but now in Christ by the gospel, by the practical preaching of the New Testament gospel of Jesus Christ, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And so we get to hear the New Testament. And the New Testament doesn't have a Jew-Gentile distinction. The the New Testament is for both of us, and we're equal. And if if we were to keep reading, verse 14 is going to say that, 15, 16, 17, that that middle wall of partition has been broken down, and he's made of twain one new body, which is the church of Jesus Christ of Jews and Gentiles. But now in Christ Jesus, through the gospel, in Jesus Christ's death, instituted the New Testament by burying the enmity of all those commandments. He nailed them to his cross, as Colossians 2 says, and brought in the new covenant, which next Sunday we'll remember. This cup is the new covenant, the New Testament in my blood. And we'll remember that, that it applies to both Jews and Gentiles. His death ended that old covenant, uniting Jews and Gentiles that had always been in the everlasting covenant. And so you want to be looking for God's covenants when you read the Bible from the first verse to the last verse. Because God is a covenant God. And He operates by covenants. His covenants dictate the terms of the universe. If the sun comes up tomorrow, it's because of God's covenant. I'll show you that in just a few minutes. Everything is by the covenant of God. If you watch leaves fall from a tree, it's by the covenant of God. And that covenant was set through Adam. That if you sin, you will destroy this world and leaves are going to fall off the trees because they're going to die. 
because there wasn't death before that. And on and on it goes. This little bit that I just explained to you that you know pretty well already. Here's how ancient it was, but not revealed to men. In chapter 3, verse 5, Paul said, In other ages it was not made known unto the sons of men. It was not known that God would save Gentiles like you and me. In verse 9, it is called a mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid. In verse 11, it's called his eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So there's that everlasting covenant that embraces us in verse 11, in verse 9, in verse 5, but it wasn't made known until the Apostle Paul shook the Jewish dust off his feet and turned to preach to us Gentiles, and he said, it's been revealed to me, the mystery of the fellowship of the gospel of Jews and Gentiles together. So we celebrate today. That old covenant has been put away. The new covenant has been brought forth in the preaching of the New Testament, both of which have different pictures, one very obscure, one very plain, of the underlying everlasting covenant set up before God even created the heavens and the earth. And so let's celebrate and rejoice today that we Gentiles are brought in with the Jews by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, ending the Old Testament, bringing in the New Testament, and uniting us together and fulfilling that everlasting covenant for our hope. We know God. He's our Father. He's adopted us. And we are so blessed with great hope for this world in our spirits and hope for our bodies to be resurrected from the dead and hope for eternal inheritance in heaven above. All revealed in the New Testament, a covenant. May the Lord bless His Word as we study it further today. Let us pray. O Lord God, our Father, the covenant God, who works all things after the counsel of His own will, who doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? We give thee thanks this day, and we praise thee this day. We are bound to give thee thanks always, glorious God, because thou hast chosen us from the beginning unto salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. We thank you, Holy Father, that that mystery that was hid from the sons of men for ages, that you knew from the beginning, according to your eternal purpose in Christ Jesus, included us. We thank thee and praise thee that you have known us and written our names in the book of life before the creation of the universe. We thank Thee and praise Thee that Thou hast loved us with an everlasting love. And we rest in that love. And we thank Thee for setting Thy love upon us. For it was a choice of Thee to set Your affection upon us when there was nothing lovable about us. And You have asked us simply to set our affection on Your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and upon Thee and upon things above 
which are altogether lovely and deserve our love and our utmost devotion. We thank Thee, O Lord, that being rich, Jesus Christ became poor, that we, being poor, might be made rich. We thank Thee for Thy glorious covenants. We thank Thee for the great wisdom that they display to the universe, especially to the principalities and powers in heavenly places by Your affection for us, Your church. O Heavenly Father, hear the prayers that have been offered already this morning. And hear this prayer through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee that both Jews and Gentiles, through Him, have access by one Spirit unto Thee. Bless us this day, Holy Father. Teach us, lead us, guide us, show us Your secret and reveal your covenant to us. Lead us in paths of righteousness, truth, and wisdom, that we might please thee well in all ways, and that we might know more of that mystery revealed in the New Testament, and that we might celebrate thee and praise thee for these wonderful and marvelous things. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us for being distracted with this world. Forgive us for being your enemies by flirting with your enemy, the world. Have mercy upon us. Remember our flesh, that it is weak. Pity us as a good father pities his children. And grant us a measure of thy spirit we have not known before, that it might quicken our affections and quicken our intellects, that we might lay hold of these things by faith and passion and appreciate them and commit ourselves to live by them, and to learn them, and to teach them to our children and our children's children, that we might stand perfect and complete in all thy will. Heavenly Father, we thank thee for America, and we pray that you will preserve it for the sake of your children within it, that they might continue to have the privilege to meet together as we do this day, by your abundant mercies and faithfulness. We thank Thee for every good thing that we have enjoyed this week. We trust that You have heard our prayers of thanksgiving and our praise for everything that You have given us. We truly have the abundance of all things. But we thank Thee most of all for the abundant spiritual blessings that we have through Thy Son, where You chose us and predestinated us, and by the imminent acts of Your will adopted us and justified us before the world began, and then made us acceptable through his legal transaction on the cross of Calvary. We are indeed blessed. We are filled with hope. We know God our Father, and it's in thy glorious and great name, and the great and glorious name of thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.